following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity and was recorded at Westminster Chapel in Toronto. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over every area of life, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. Well, good morning again, my brothers and sisters. This morning, we're beginning a new sermon series entitled More Than Conquerors. We've decided that we're going to take a break from 2 Samuel. We won't get back to 2 Samuel until we're all back together again as one congregation in the sanctuary. But in the meantime, we wanted to have a series that applies the Word of God to our present circumstance. And so Russ and Joe and I have got together and we've discussed that. And we want to consider the way in which God led His people through trials and times of adversity in the past. And so week by week, we want to look to the Word of God, and we want to consider how God's people turned to Him, how they followed Him in difficult times. And we're reminded of what the author of Hebrews writes in Hebrews 13, verse 7, when he says, Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So that's what we want to do as we consider the faithfulness of God's people in the past. And as we do so, we don't only want to encourage one another and encourage you to hang in there and persevere, but also we want to exhort you and encourage you to rise up and to overcome in this time. And we're mindful of what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. He says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that's why we've entitled this series, More Than Conquerors. Because in Christ, through Christ, we are more than conquerors. We overcome. And the focus will be not so much on our overcoming, on our faith, on our perseverance, but on the love of Christ. Because we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So our focus will be on Christ, on His love, on His faithfulness. And as we abide in His love, as we abide in His faithfulness, we overcome. And so this morning, I want to look to a prophet from the Old Testament. I want to look to Jeremiah. And in the opening chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, which you just read, we see there a snapshot of his life and his ministry. And what God reveals to Jeremiah about himself and his life is not only true of Jeremiah, it's true of you. It's true of me. And right in the middle of that opening chapter, God says to Jeremiah, he asks him a question, Jeremiah, what do you see? That's verse 11. Jeremiah, what do you see? And that is the question that God puts to us this morning. What do you see? Now, as you look at the present crisis and as you consider the circumstance that we all find ourselves in, we ask ourselves that question, what do, you, what do we see? And you may answer, well, I see images of people on ventilators. I see figures and graphs that are mapping and charting the spread of the virus. I see signs telling me to stay home, telling me to stay away from other people. I see long lineups outside the grocery store. I see my bank account going into the red. I see next month's rent looming. I see the four walls of my apartment, and I'm seeing those four walls a lot. I see the faces of my family or the faces of my roommate. I see their faces a lot. 
or I see the faces of other people, but only on a screen. And when I go out, I see people's faces, but they're covered by masks. Well, that's what we see as we look around us. But Jeremiah is asked, what do you see? And I want us to consider what he saw. And we need to see what he saw. So first, Jeremiah saw himself. He sees himself. Secondly, Jeremiah saw the hand of God touch his mouth and give him his word. And thirdly, Jeremiah saw an almond branch. So first, Jeremiah saw himself. Look at verse 6. He says, Ah, Lord God, behold. Look, see. I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. First, Jeremiah sees himself. He looks to himself. And he says, I am only a youth. I do not know how to speak. Now, at the time, Jeremiah was probably about 17 years old. He was a teenager. And I know that some of you listening to this right now, you're teenagers, just like Jeremiah. And you may be wondering to yourself, well, who am I at a time like this? What can I do? I'm only a teenager. I'm only a youth. And that's what Jeremiah says. He says to God, God, look, look at me. Don't you see? I'm only a youth. What can I do? What can I say? Now, Jeremiah said this in response to what God had just said to him. And we see that in verse 5. God says to him, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now here, God is saying something fundamental, something basic to Jeremiah's identity. Yes, Jeremiah came from a certain family. Yes, he was born in a certain time, in a certain place, and we're given that information. But that's not ultimately what defines him. Those things are important. They're important to us too. But that's not ultimately what defines him. What defines him is, even before that, God knew him. God consecrated him. God appointed him. And so it is for you, and so it is for me. Even before I was born, God knew me. He consecrated me. He appointed me. Now the word that is translated appointed there, that's an important word. In Hebrew, it's the word Nathan. That's where we get the name Nathan from. It means gift or given. And what God is saying here is, Jeremiah, I have given you to the nations as a prophet. And that's true of each one of us. Each one of us is given. God has given us. God has given me as a husband to Megan. He's given me as a father to my children. He's given me as a pastor. He's given me as a neighbor. Now the question is, to whom, to what has God given you? Now, we may not have the particular call of Jeremiah. Each of us has our own occupation. God has put us in a unique place among unique people. But he has given you. And just as he gave Jeremiah as a prophet to speak the word of God, well, the same is true of you. The same is true of me. God has given me, and he's placed me where I am to speak his word. So what God said of Jeremiah is true of us. But of course we say, just as Jeremiah said, well, who am I? What what can I do? What can I say? Now, Jeremiah's excuse was, well, I'm only a teenager. I'm only a youth. What can I do? And each of us has our excuse. I'm only this. I'm only that. But 
God speaks to Jeremiah. And he gives them another vision. Yes, Jeremiah, I know that you're looking at yourself. And you're saying, who am I? What can I do? But look at verse 9 and verse 10. The Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold. Yes, Jeremiah, I see you. But I want you to see this. Behold. I have put my words in your mouth. See, look. I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Now, Jeremiah said, see, look, look at me. Who am I? I'm only a youth. I don't know what to say. But the question is, well, what can't I do or what can't I say? The question is, what can God do? What can God say? And I know you're probably like me. What can I say to my neighbor? What can I say to my coworker, my friend, my family member? Uh, I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. But God says to us, he says, the question is not what you can or cannot do. It's what can I do? And it's what can I say? Okay, you don't know what to say to your neighbor. I do. I know what to say to your neighbor. Okay, you don't know the words to speak. But you have my word. Jeremiah, I've touched your mouth. I've put my words in your mouth. Now, as you read through Jeremiah, you'll, you'll hear how he uh, responds to the gift of this word, to receiving God's word. So in Jeremiah 15, verse 16, here he's praying. And he says this, Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. When Jeremiah received the word of God, when he found it, when he read it and studied it and meditated upon it, it became to him a joy. It was the delight of his heart and it affirmed his calling as one who is called by the name of the Lord, the God of hosts. And so it is for us. When we read and study God's word, it becomes a joy to us. It becomes a delight to our heart and it confirms who we are. But then Jeremiah goes on in another prayer. Jeremiah is a praying prophet. He prays in Jeremiah chapter 20, a prayer of complaint, a prayer of lament. He's crying out to God and he's saying, because I speak your word, I'm mocked, I'm ridiculed, I'm a reproach. This is what your word has done to me. But then he says in verse 9, but if I say, I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, There is a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. This was Jeremiah's experience with the Word of God. When he found it, when he ate it, it was a joy to him. It was a delight in his heart. And then he found, even when he suffered because of it, he could not help but declare it. It was like fire in his bones. Now, I mentioned last week that I've been walking through my neighborhood like Aaron with the censer of incense. I've been walking through my neighborhood, praying for my neighbors. But as I do that, I'm looking out for my neighbors. I'm looking for them. Is there someone on their front porch? And I try to catch their eye. And if if I do, then I, I say hello. And then I'm looking for opportunities to speak the word of God to them. So just the other day, I was talking to my neighbor. 
And she had been listening to a program speaking about the importance of being physically present with others. And so we were reflecting on that. The importance of being with other people, the importance of touch and the sense of touch. And then I said, you know, in the New Testament, one of the apostles, his name was John, he wrote a letter. And he writes at the beginning of that letter that he saw the word of life with his eyes and he heard the word of life with his ears. But then he says, and we have touched the word of life with our hands. And there was an opportunity for me to speak about the Son, to speak about Christ, to speak the word of the gospel to her. Now, I confess that oftentimes when I'm out walking and talking with people, I find that the word of God doesn't come readily to to my lips. I'm I'm not able to to speak it the way I want to. Uh, Sometimes I'm simply afraid. Other times I just don't know what to say. So I relate to Jeremiah. But I've recognized in the last few days often why that's the case, why I'm not ready. And it's because I haven't been reading and abiding in the Word of God. I haven't been delighting in the Word of God. It hasn't been a joy to me. And so now my practice is to read the Word of God, to meditate upon it, to rejoice in it. And then I go out into my neighborhood. And then I go out and the Word of God is welling up in me. And I find I can't contain it. I have to speak it. So God said to Jeremiah, I have put my words on your mouth. Go and speak it. Now even in speaking the word of God, Jeremiah, he was up against it. He experienced hostility. It was a conflict for him. But as God commissioned him to go and speak God's word, he also gave him a word of assurance. He says to him in verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. Yes, when you speak my word, Don't be afraid. Fear not. Why? For I am with you. But then God gives Jeremiah a vision that reassures him of God's presence, of God's work. So look at verses 11 and 12. God asks Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well. For I am watching over my word to perform it. Now there's a pun here in Hebrew. Because the word for almond and the word for watch sounds the same. So you could read that and it could sound like an almond branch or it could sound like a watching branch. An almond branch is a watching branch. And that's why God goes on to say, You have seen well for I am watching over my word to perform it. Now, every time that Jeremiah was out walking and he saw an almond branch, he was reminded that God was with him. He was reminded that God was watching over his word. He was reminded that God was working in his word to perform it. God would pluck up. God would plant. God would break down. God would build up. He was given that vision. And every time he saw the almond branch, he was reminded of God's presence, of his promise, that God was watching, that God was working. Now, Jeremiah's vision is nothing like Isaiah's vision. When Isaiah had a vision and a calling from God, he was caught up into the very throne room of heaven. And he saw there the seraphim singing back and forth to one another. Or Ezekiel. When God called Ezekiel, Ezekiel had a vision of God enthroned upon this chariot. 
and he saw heavenly creatures there. Well, those were heavenly visions. Jeremiah just sees what's in front of him. He sees an almond branch. But in the almond branch, he saw a sign, a reminder of God's presence and of God's glory. Remember what the seraphim were singing to one another in Isaiah chapter 6. Holy, 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 the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The earth, what's, what's around us, is filled with his glory. And when God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? I see an almond branch. Yes, Jeremiah. And every time you see an almond branch, remember that I am watching over my word to perform it. And as you read on in Jeremiah 1, God gives him other visions, other images. Every time you see a pot of boiling water, every time you see a fortified city, every time you see an iron pillar, remember, I'm with you. And I'm watching. And I'm working. Well, the Lord Jesus has made the same promise to us that God made to Jeremiah. Remember the last words of Jesus to his disciples before his ascension were, Behold, look, see, I am with you until the end of the age. But he not only gave him though that promise, he also gave them signs, he gave them images that would remind them. They would be visible reminders that he is with them. So remember what Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Every time you see a tree trunk and you see branches coming out of that tree trunk, you're reminded that the Lord Jesus is with you. He said, I am the bread of life. Every time you're making a sandwich, every time you're buttering a piece of toast, remember, Christ is with you. He said, I am the light of the world. Every time you walk into a room and you flick on the light switch, remember, Christ is with you. He says, I am the door. Every time you walk through a door, remember that Christ is with you. Remember that no one comes to the Father except through Him. Scripture refers to Him as the Son of Righteousness, as the bright morning star. And remember, every time you go outside and you look up at the sky, you see the sun, you see the stars at night, remember, Christ is with you. Jesus is a fountain of living water. Every time you turn on the tap, every time you have a shower, every time you're washing the dishes, every time you pour a glass of water, remember, Christ is with you. Yes, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. And God has put all around us visible reminders of His presence, visible reminders of His promise, visible reminders of His glory. Now, kids, listen up. I want you to do something. When you're done worshiping with your family, I want you to go around your house and I want you to look for things that remind you of Jesus. And I want you to go outside and I want you to look around outside and I want you to look for things that remind you of Jesus. God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? And he said, I see an almond branch And God answered him, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. And for this reason, God goes on to then command Jeremiah in verse 17, Dress yourself for work. 
Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. And that's God's question to us today. What do you see? Look around you. Remember that I am present. Remember that I am with you. Remember that I am watching. Remember that I am working. And because of that, then, arise. Get up. Go out and speak my word. The Lord has given me such a sign. Every morning when I go out to walk through my neighborhood to pray, to look for opportunities to speak with you, uh, with people, I see in our front garden a little rose shoot. And that rose shoot is the image that God has given me. Now here's why. Two years ago, we had this big rose bush in our front garden. And Megan asked me to pull it out. So I tried. And I worked and I worked and I worked at trying to pull out that rose bush, but I couldn't do it. And I dug a hole two feet down and I was pulling up on that root, but it is deep. It is strong and I couldn't pull it up. So finally, two feet down, I cut it off. And then I filled the hole with dirt. But this spring, where that hole was, there is a little rose shoot springing up. The rose bush is back. And every time I see that little rose shoot, I'm reminded of the glory of God. I'm reminded of the presence of Christ. I'm reminded that he's, he's watching and he's working. And here's why. Because I'm finding that as I talk to people, that somewhere in their own family background, or somewhere in their own past, there was a connection to church. There was a connection to Christ. There was faith in Christ. Now that faith has long been cut off. It's long been buried. But now, at this time, this spring, there is something sprouting forth. And every time I see that rose shoot, I'm reminded that God is calling people back to himself. Christ is calling people back to himself. And there is that rose shoot of faith. And he has called me to go and to walk and to pray and to speak his word to prune that little rose shoot, to water that rose shoot in prayer and with his word. And so God has said to me, God has said, David, what do you see? And I say, I see a tender rose shoot. And he says, you see well. I am calling people back to myself. Now dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything that I command you. Amen. This message has been brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share this content, but do not charge for it or alter it in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. For more resources, please visit ezrainstitute.ca.